Welcome back to another week of podcast episodes of Let's Open the Bible. I'm Russell Fox, and across the desk from me is Gavin Pratt, both pastors and uh, students of God's Word. And uh, hello, Mr. Gavin Pratt. Hello. And so today, listener, if you have your Bible handy and it's safe for you to do so, we would to uh, we want to encourage you to find Luke chapter 15 as we read. Uh, uh, as Gavin reads, verses uh, 17 through maybe verse 21. And uh, this is the account of the prodigal son. And so just in kind of in full disclosure, uh, at this pastor retreat that I was at up in the mountains of North Carolina, there was just a lot of husbands and wives, pastors and their spouse that was present that had uh, what was called wayward children. Uh, prodigal children. Uh, some of those were uh, perhaps in uh, same-sex relationships. Some of those were perhaps uh, just delving into uh, drugs, uh, pornography, you name it. Uh, I, I personally had breakfast. My wife and I sat at a table and had breakfast with a, a pastor and his uh, wife as they described their uh, three children, two boys, one girl, and the two boys were older and they had their challenges with them growing up, but how they were um, pretty much on the right path, at least, uh, you know, going to church, playing, um, maybe playing music in the church or at least attenders. Uh, but the daughter who was just this perfect uh, child growing up played in the, in the praise band and all that um, came out as being openly gay, ended up getting married uh, and it just struck me how how many there were at this conference. I was telling Gavin it was it was maybe not quite half, but certainly more than a third of the families uh, that were there were dealing with these wayward children. And and so, listener, if this describes your family or a family that you know, uh, we just kind of want to talk through this a little bit. We're going to read this passage from Luke and, and talk a little bit about it because it was encouraging. It was first, I was shocked how many there were in this conference, but it was encouraging as we prayed over these families that are dealing with these things. Uh, just a reminder that we serve a, uh, a God who uh, just loves, loves us and, and his grace is sufficient. And, and he was clearly at work in, in this couple that we ate breakfast with. He was clearly at work in this situation. And, and so I think it's just important that, we'd be reminded of these things because I think oftentimes, I don't know, the enemy just kind of convinces us that we're the only ones dealing with whatever it is we're dealing with. And we see that throughout Scripture with Elijah and, uh, and in other places. And I think it's helpful to know that you're not alone. So I'm going to open us in prayer, and then, Gavin, if you'll read. Sure. All right. Father, we, just, uh, we thank you for your love and grace. Um, Lord, we thank you for your word that just addresses... Um, so many of the, of the struggles and issues that uh, we are prone to face, and none of us are immune to these things. Uh, Lord, the, the parable of the prodigal son just beautifully pictures what so many people are dealing with within their household. And Lord, it's such an encouraging uh, reminder of your grace and your love, the forgiveness that you offer uh, through the shed blood of Christ. And, and so, Father, we just thank you for your word that in, is an encourager. And we thank you for fellow brothers and sisters uh, that have gone before us, that have dealt 
with many of the same issues uh, that we deal with. And, and Lord, it's just an encouraging reminder that we are not alone. And, uh, and so, Father, we just love you. We praise you. I, I, I pray that if there's anyone listening to this that is dealing with this same issue, that they would come away encouraged. Uh, if we have a friend, if somebody's listening and they have a friend that's going through this, um, Lord, I just pray that they would be equipped and encouraged to, to be a helper a prayer warrior for uh, that situation. And so, Lord, uh, just work as only you can through your word, and uh, just bless, uh, Lord, the listener, I pray. Uh, Father, with this, uh, with this passage, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's read <clears throat> Luke 15, 17. Uh, and we talked about this earlier. Uh, there is a pastor that, co- that calls this account about the prodigal God because as much as the one brother was lavish in his lifestyle. The, the real lavishness that was poured out ultimately is God, who is a loving God, and his gifts are good, and he gives them freely. So freely we have received, freely we shall give. We have received many good and wonderful gifts from Amen. God. All right, uh, Luke fifteen seventeen. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Hmm. Man, that's... uh... That's a, you know, I, I've been a prodigal and, uh, I know many, many have been, or many are dealing with a prodigal in their life. And it's just such a ma- an amazing thing to experience the grace and forgiveness of God when we've been wayward. Cause none of us are worthy, but if you've been a wayward child, if, if at some point in your life you have lived in just open rebellion against God's word and has have been, been the beneficiary of his forgiveness and grace, then you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so maybe we start with um, spheres of influence. So parents are have to understand that um, they are often v- – the most influential people in their child's life until a certain age. And then their peers become more influential and then work and then world and money and all sorts of other things start to influence your, influence your child. So, so make sure parents that you take advantage of the time that you have with your kids when they're young, that doesn't guarantee whether love or hate will be returned to you. But, but maybe we just start there. Um, that, that we take, we, we encourage parents to take time with their kids when they're young. That does not mean you will have perfect children and it does not mean you will be perfect parents, but you have a limited time where you are among the most influential people in your kid's life or the most influential people in your kid's life. Absolutely. I echo that a hundred percent. And you know, so much is, is caught rather than taught. But one thing you can do as a parent, especially if you have young children, it's you can still do it at, at any age. But I, I think, the as Gavin said, our influence over our children will change over time. Uh, but uh, if you have young children or if you have a friend that has young children, um, man, just be an encourager to that young child 
by helping them establish some some good godly habits at a, a very young and impressionable age. And, and one of the ways that you can help them establish that is for them to see you do these things, spending time in prayer, on your knees, praying for your children. Like, let them hear you pray for them and express your love and concern for them. Uh, let your children walk in as you're reading Scripture. Uh, show them how to read Scripture. Teach them how to pray, and if at all possible, at such a young age. You know, my children are in their 20s, and so the level of influence that we have over our children now has certainly shifted. Uh, but as much as we are able, we, we continue to still try to have a godly influence in their life as they see God's influence in our lives. Okay. Um, what else? I, I think from this uh, account, we we get that if a child turns and wants to come home, and uh, and I don't think this is a child that's going to arrive at perfection. In fact, I know that it's not. And, and let me take a, a brief moment to put it aside here. Some people say that this prodigal child account uh, is about Israel and uh, the the Jews and especially the Jewish leadership and Gentiles or people that have not had all of the blessings of God. They didn't have the oracles of God that the Romans nine list, right? But, but that, that they were received back. And the older son is the, 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 the faithful Jews, the, the quote unquote faithful Jews of Jesus's day. The, the, those that felt they were serving God and actually were not, they had bitter hearts and they you know, they were whitewashed tombs. So um, we're going to leave that aside. We're going to acknowledge that that is a reality or, or at least a potential reality. We're going to leave that aside and just take some other teachable things from this. And one of the teachable things that we can take from this is like God, our loving father who welcomes us home, even though we are unworthy, we have to be as parents for our wayward child welcoming. It doesn't right. mean unwise. If you have children that come and steal from you or children that put other people in your house at risk, or they're trying to influence uh, others in your, in your household with bad thinking, it doesn't mean that you welcome them home uh without thoughtfulness and consideration of those things. But it does mean that you are a welcoming parent that wants nothing more than repentance and, and to receive that child back. doesn't mean that you accept everything they do. doesn't mean that you accept every uh, every person that they bring into into their sphere of influence. It does mean that you are that you have this anticipation to welcome them back. And they need to know you love them. I think it's important they know where you stand, but you need to love them. Uh, and love them well. And in this family that was describing their um, their daughter that had come out as 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 gay, and she knew where her parents stood. In fact, said, "I know you won't come to our wedding." Uh, and then I forget what he said after that. So this daughter wasn't angry at her parents. Um, you know, she she understood their position, but just. Uh, unfortunately had fallen into some counsel that was very influential, was actually a professor at a university uh, that, uh, you know, had had a lot of influence over this, this young lady at that time. And, and so, you know, it's important that your, your child knows where you stand doctrinally, theologically, but they also need to know that they're loved. Yeah. So, so I, I would actually – I would not want to make that a distinction in, in, in the same way that maybe it could be understood. I don't think you said it like this, but it could be understood like this. Like you need to love them, but discipline them, be firm, but loving or something like that. It, it's it's the love in the firmness. So I don't think it's loving. In today's society, loving means accepting, right? And we've right. talked so much about that. I don't think we need to revisit it other than to say, like, if you love your child, would you just feed them candy all the time if they want it? No, you don't accept that. 
You acknowledge that that's not healthy for them. That's not good for them. And anything that is outside of God's will for their life is not healthy or good for them. And we and you, I think you need to acknowledge, listen, what you're doing is not of God. You don't find it in scripture. Those are not condoned, commended. It's not accepted. That's not acceptable practice. And like God, I will discipline you. God disciplines every child that he loves. When necessary, when it's helpful, I will discipline you. And never, ever doubt that I love you. And by the way, sometimes we discipline out of anger, Mm. you know, where we're just frustrated and we're going to put you in timeout or whatever else out of anger. That needs to go. I need to to speak that into my own life. That type of discipline is not loving. Yet, discipline is, rightly done, is absolutely loving. So, um, what else? Uh, Maybe. We go to Luke twenty two thirty one. Simon, Simon, Satan, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. This is how powerful prayer is because it says, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus is praying for Peter that, that he's going to turn. He's going he's to deny him. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And this is the power. Listen to this. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. It's not if. Right. And so I think that... that Perhaps the single greatest thing that we can do for our wayward children is just passionate, powerful, persistent prayer. Absolutely. Daily. Be on our knees. Daily. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, one of the families uh, that we talked to had talked about how um, the restoration that had taken place in, uh, I, f- I forget whether it was a son or a daughter, but the restoration is, is they um, – actually ended up filing for divorce, was in a a homosexual relationship, ended up filing for divorce. Uh, It was a daughter. Uh, Has since uh, uh, gotten involved in a a, uh, heterosexual relationship, got married. Um, And and so, you know, God just had restored that that child, that wayward child, and just how beautiful it was to see – uh, the face of this pastor as he, as he was describing this situation with the assurance, you know, he and his wife had just on their knees been in prayer, just, you know, begging God, you right. know, and, and to see that prayer answered, you know, you could just see the, the glow of thankfulness and gratitude and, and just humility before the Lord. Right. Um, and maybe another helpful thing from Luke 15 is that the, the quote unquote prodigal child went out and just lived it up. Yeah. And and it was in a very un um, unfather honoring way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lost rebellious children will live like lost rebellious children. Yeah. And and that shouldn't shock us. It should pain it should us to our, our core. Yeah. But it core. Yeah. The the core of the heart. Yeah. It should pain us to our to our hearts. Uh. But it should not shock us. Lost people live like lost people. Rebellious children live like rebellious children. And and th- there's going to come some baggage back into your house. And, uh, and sometimes they are life-altering decisions, right? Made. Right. So, so Billy Graham, his daughter, famously talked about how she went and married a, 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 a man that her family totally disapproved of. And she did it, you know, it wasn't the wisest decision. And, and it was a very, from what I understand, a very brief marriage. And she came back divorced. And I love this picture. She drove up the driveway to her parents' house and her father, Billy Graham, what is he going to do about this marriage that failed? And, 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 and the very first words out of his mouth, according to her were welcome home. 
I love wow. that. What? Yeah. What yeah. great. What a great picture. Yeah. It, what, it wasn't. I told you so. Yeah. It wasn't. I told you so. Right. Rebellious children live like rebellious children. It should pain our hearts and not surprise us. And we should pray desperately. But and and the baggage is, you may have. And and I want to say this maybe. You may have children yeah. that came from something, you know, right. this 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 bad situation. And I want to say this clearly: children are never the problem. Right? Children are the fruit of the womb are are his reward. Right? The children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Children are a blessing from God, and yet the, there are situations that that are not that are sinful. I was going to say not ideal. That's just that's churching it up. They're sinful, right? And and we want to avoid those, but but lost children. So we acknowledge that things are not as God would have them. Not they're not right, and we and we stand there. We pray. Then I was like, what else? Be broken. Paul looked at his countrymen, not even his own children, but just his countrymen, and he said that he had unceasing. God was his witness. He had unceasing anguish in his heart for his countrymen, his kinsmen in the flesh, right? And then he said, I would be, I would be cut off and accursed for the sake of them. I, I would give up my position in, he- in heaven for the sake of them. I think we should pray like that. I think we should be broken like that, that we should look out at our wayward children and say, God, I would give up my, my relationship with you, which cannot be done, but, but God, I would, I, would be, I would go to hell for the sake of my kid's salvation. Hmm. I mean, I, th- I think that brings a whole new level of, of um, maybe understanding to the, to the condition of our kids. Um, confess your shortcomings. Uh, were you the perfect parent? Oh, no. I grieve over you know, things that were said or done by me as our children were growing up. Amen. I, I, the, the, I've said this before, even on this podcast, the only perfect parents I know are those without kids. Yeah. And then there is a perfect parent and he also has wayward children. God, our lovingly loving heavenly father, the perfect parent has wayward kids. Sin or sin. And, and, and maybe back to the other one, first John two, one, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Uh, I, I've said this so many times to my kids, like, like I, my my ultimate concern is that you know Christ Jesus lived the life you were called to live. He died the death that you deserved. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins. The wrath of God was poured out on him. He absorbed our just punishment, the righteous requirement of the law. He paid our penalty. Penalty. He was raised from the dead uh, with power um, and, and uh, declaring himself to be the acceptable sacrifice for our sin, right? All of that true. I pray that they trust that. Okay, Dad. Well, then, why can't we have a season of sin? Well, well, of course, because you don't know when your your day is coming. But even well, not not even more than that. But on on top of that, sin, even when repented of genuinely later, costs you so much joy. Mm. Look at all that it costs the prodigal child. Yeah, it cost him everything but his relationship with his father, right? And then his father, of course, abundantly supplied everything. But sin is destructive, and it leaves a path of destruction in your life. And you go, oh, well, I'll repent later. Th- that destruction doesn't just, you don't just sweep that under the rug. So, um, you know, I-, I-, I want my kids to understand that it'll cost them joy. What I wanna, else? Uh, I, wa- I want to add something oh, sure, here. So sure. at this conference, it was a conference by Jim Cimbala, and listener, I don't know if you know who that is. He's a pastor at Brooklyn Tabernacle. He also had a wayward child. Uh, that he uh, he wrote some about in a, in a book that uh, I read many many years ago, and uh, I forget the nature of of her waywardness, but he could certainly identify with this conversation, and uh, spent 
a lot of time in prayer, he and his wife. And he said something at this conference that I thought was very interesting. He said, do you think Satan is going to cheer you on as a, as a follower of Christ? Or do you think that he's going to attack you? And so, you know, and then he said, well, why, you know, why are we so surprised when we have these difficulties? He's not cheering us on. So if you're listening and, and you're just sold out for Jesus, you just love him, you serve him, regardless of what you do vocationally, this isn't reserved for just pastors, you're going to, and we've talked about this a number of times, you're going to have hardships. Satan is, is, is going to attack the family. If you have a, if you have a wayward child, um, don't, don't turn from God and be angry. What did you expect would happen? when you're serving the Lord, you're going to face these difficulties and it may or may may not involve your children, but do exactly what Gavin and I have been talking about here, praying fervently, let it, let, you know, let it break your heart. Uh, These rebellion, rebellious people do what rebellious people do. And, you know, that may include things that you just are morally against uh, and opposed to, and they could have life altering impacts, but, as Billy Graham handled his daughter that returned as, as what the uh, prodigal sons, you know, as the father welcomed home, I mean, that is just a beautiful picture of grace and forgiveness. Yes, and, and, the, and the prodigal child always knew uh, where to turn, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so we point people to God. Um, I think sometimes when we see prodigal children, we point them back to ourselves or you've really let your mom and I down or, you know, there, there are all sorts of other things. Well, guilt or whatever else, but there are all sorts of other things that we point them to that, you know, uh, you you know, I I guess the only way I can word this and and I've got to watch because there are some, there's legalism and licentiousness that can creep into both of this. But you know, the Willard preacher that I've talked about before that, that used to stand out on the stairs of Penn state and just, shout at a woman, you know, um, he used to shout very, very negative things at women walking by if their shorts were a little too short or even a lot too short. Um, and, and, and listen, if that woman would put on a full gown head covering and everything else, she's not pleasing to God. If, if she's not regenerate, if we're pointing them to the way that they dress first and foremost above their relationship with, with God, we've missed the boat. Right. You know, if, if you say first and foremost, before anything else, you've got to get, you know, you got to, you got to fix this, fix this and go. And a lot of times the things we're directing our kids at our, our traditions, our expectations, you know, so, um, how do we sit there and and point them to Christ alone? That's where the hope is. Yeah. He, this prodigal son knew where he needed to turn my father. There's hope in my father. There's healing in my father. There's restoration in my father. Um, and he had very little expectation of exactly what that would look like. Listen, treat me like a servant, but that's better than where I am now. Yeah. There's that great hope. Um, uh, bad company ruins good morals. So with your with your wayward children, listen, there are people in our church that can relate. Um, I'll give you a bad example, maybe a good example. My son loves sci-fi. And I do need sci-fi and video games and stuff like that. And I need to get a little more involved in the things he's interested in, right? Um, that's just not my cup of tea. I like my favorite movies or documentaries. His favorite movie is probably Star Wars or something like that, right? So we, we have different taste. But there are men in our church, and it's my primary responsibility. I am not being derelict in my duty. I want to be the best father I can possibly be, understanding that I fall short. But there are men in our church that just love talking to them about Star Wars. 
get them around godly people. Yeah. Get your children around people that can relate to them. And and listen, it doesn't it doesn't negate your responsibility as their parent. You are still their parent and have particular godly responsibilities that must be get them around godly people. That's such Do, good advice. Yeah. I mean, it just is. Well, bad company ruins good morals. That's yeah. what the Bible says. So, you know, you get them around bad people. But um, uh, what else? Um, um, maybe not wear them out. Like just every time they're around you, it's just what's wrong with you. The, the I, I have been hit hard with many stinging words in my life by people that care about me. And I and I re- I hope I receive them gladly, but one of them one person said, you know, I can do ten things right, and you will find the one area where I'm not living up to you know to the biblical ideal. And you just expose it and hammer on it, and I went, ouch! It's it's an absolute truth. Yeah, but but we do that with our kids too. Yeah, one of the one of the things I will tell um, in premarital counseling that I will tell uh, a couple is. Find what the other person is doing well because we you have to look for it sometimes because a lot of us are prone to see the bad. Look for the good and praise them. And that's true with our children. Look for the areas where they've done well and celebrate it. Right. So finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Right? So th- there is a heart that meditates on pure things. That's Titus 1 as well. It doesn't mean we, we ignore the bad. It doesn't mean that we don't address the bad. In fact, that we are, to re- we are to reprove, rebuke, and exhort our brothers. And yet, there is a sense that the Christian meditates on the good things of God um, and commends those godly attributes in other people, and we thank God for those other people in our lives and the good things. Anything else that you can say from the prodigal? No, I just... I just really want this to be an encouragement. If you're dealing with a wayward child or if you have a friend uh, or or church member that's dealing with a wayward child, I think it's just important to know uh, for for you to let them know. If that's you, if you know somebody, man, just let them know that you're praying for them, uh, pray with them, encourage them. And and if you're the one, uh, just know you're not alone. That's the key. Just You're not alone. Um, and and uh, God loves you and, and just continue to, to, to pray for that child. It, right. So, so maybe to sum it up, um, prayer, pray. That's what Jesus did when he knew yeah. that, that Peter was going to, to, um, uh, rebel. Uh, we pray, we, we supply our needs with the word and the needs of our children with the word. And sometimes it's not with a bat, but, but the word is quick and powerful. Do we still believe the gospel is powerful? Do you still believe the gospel is effective and powerful? Um, and so we preach, um, and, uh, and there was another one in my mind that I thought of, and now it's gone. Um, Make sure they, they know where to go, that right. you're welcoming. Oh, oh, I know. I, I, I Being broken, that's where I was going to go. I, I think that's lost. Um, Jesus had compassion and weeps, I think, over doubt, disbelief, and the state of the things around him, right? It's not that he doesn't know that all things are working together for good. He doesn't, it's not that he doesn't see God's plan working out perfectly. He knows that God works all things according to the purpose of his will. Like 
he knows uh, that God is at work in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And yet he still was broken and had compassion and wept. Yeah. I think that we need to, uh, let me let me word it like this. If I would walk in and say that one of my children had cancer, there would be a collective gasp in the, in the congregation. <gasps> oh no. And some people I believe would weep. I know I would. If I would walk in and say, hey, my kid's drifting from God, do you think there would be the same response? I don't I don't know that there would. Yeah, I don't know. I would hope so. I would hope so. But I think that's why we I think that's a, uh should be an encouragement to us to to lament to, to be hurt when our children are drifting. And some people go, "No problem, I'm there." But others are like, "Well, when they get their act together, they'll come back." I'm just tired of dealing with them. I think you love them the whole way through it and love them with a brokenness um that that you understand that maybe possibly their soul is at stake. Yeah. Well, listener, uh, again, I hope you're uh, just encouraged uh, by this, and I hope that if if we're not talking about your children, if you know someone that we are talking about, just be an encourager, encourager to them and a prayer warrior uh, at the same time, and continue to, to open your Bible, look at uh, this account in, in Luke, and uh, just consider God's grace and celebrate that. Uh, we look forward to catching back up with you tomorrow. God bless. Thank you.